your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to part two of the Panther Parkway roundtable discussion where we talk all things expansion draft and Florida Panthers. I'm your host, Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can follow the national show and the Crosscheck NHL show anywhere you listen to podcasts. So we're going to get rolling on the second part of this roundtable discussion. Like I said in the first part, the Keith Yandel news on him being bought out was not known at the time of recording. We recorded this on Wednesday night, the day after Elliot Friedman originally reported that Keith Yandel was not asked to waive his no movement clause ahead of the expansion draft. So we will save that conversation for tomorrow. and. I want you guys to listen on what our thought process going into the expansion draft was before we heard the news of Keith Yanda. And we're going to reveal our list on who we would protect ahead of the expansion draft so you get an idea of what we were thinking prior to the news. So now here's part two of the Panther Parkway roundtable discussion on the 2021 NHL expansion draft. All right. So, with the teams calling the Florida Panthers about Chris Strieger and his rights for a possible sign-in trade, the, it was reported by, I believe it was Pierre Lebrun, that Chris Strieger on his next contract, because he was making just under a million this year, is demanding 3.5 million dollars for his next contract and i just look at that i'm just like wow must be freaking nice to have a 3.5 million dollar goalie on your on your team along with spencer knight uh who's on his elc and i just think about it man that could that could be the panthers in this situation right now but of course we there honestly isn't a chance that we keep chris strieger based on the situation at hand right now so as far as if the seattle kraken happen to sign chris Drieger, and if if they do he's he's the florida panthers pick and there's no harm no foul for the florida panthers if there is a possible sign and trade for chris Drieger and the seattle kraken what do you guys think is the is the draft asset that the florida panthers can get with, with Chris Trigger and let's start with Tom on this one. A draft asset? Yeah, for, for a sign and trade. Oh um that's a tough call because I'm I I'm not thinking that route at all. I'm thinking we we do a backdoor deal <laughs> and we have to give up something to the uh the Kraken to take him so that we don't, don't lose anything else, to be honest with you. I I, I don't I meant the other way around. Here. My bad. My bad. Didn't phrase it correctly. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Then I'm I'm hoping that they they give up a I don't know a second round or something like that and 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 have him sign it and that's our uh, that that counts as our pick and then we don't have to protect anybody. I'd really like to keep Forsling to be honest with you, but I, I don't see that we're going to be able to protect him now. 
Nick. So, yeah, I obviously see that there's a backdoor deal, but um, I honestly don't know if it's going to be a first or second. I mean, I would love it to be a fourth round draft pick like Riley Smith was given away for. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it, it's very tough to say. Um, you know, it, I don't know if Zito has anything on his mind of who he would like to draft with that 23rd or 24th overall pick. Um, but I think honestly to protect this team and to protect the core and who actually should be here next season. Um, I definitely think it would be worth it to ship off a first or a second with trigger to make sure that, uh, that happens. I, I wouldn't go first, man. I, I would just take my, take my chances, but you know, you don't have to sign them. It's no skin off your, off your nose. They're going to lose anything, but I wouldn't give up a first round draft pick in that. I agree. Maybe a second. Sorry. Jacob. Yeah, for me, it's it's really it's a tough thing right right here in this situation, and that's why why Zito and and all the other GMs in the league get paid the big money because it's it's a tough trade off. Seattle they they might covet a sign and trade with us to secure Chris Drieger. He could always hit free agency and sign with anyone he likes. Um, if they really want him, they they may be inclined to do a trade with us. But at the same time, um, the Panthers don't have a ton of leverage because. Everyone in the league knows we can't keep Chris Drieger. Um, when I first saw the AA, the average annual value, the AAV he was asking for at 3.5, um, I was thinking, damn, that's affordable because he and Spencer yes. Knight, if you could get a, a one-two punch with the two of them in goal for a, a grand total of like 4.5 million a season, that would be, that that opens your cup window quite a bit. I wish we could have that, but um yeah, it's, it's tough. I don't see us really getting anything. Uh, I don't see us really getting anything just because we have no leverage in these talks. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you could you could use that to your advantage because Drieger is a UFA. And if Seattle wants him that badly, then uh, maybe you can entice them to, with uh, Drieger, a first-round pick, and Strawman. Um, you get Drieger's rights, we'll give you a first, and you take Strawman off our hands done deal uh you you could i could see something like that happening um with this year's draft this is probably the least valuable first round pick you're gonna find yes. um because junior seasons were so short i think the whl for example played like 12 games i think one league played without contact um leagues everywhere were, were just kind of in shambles um in the junior and and european ranks so scouting is just it's a crapshoot this season so mm -hmm. that, that first round pick is as it's the least valuable first round pick I can really remember. So I'm not opposed to giving that up. Uh, if, if you can put, put together the right package. And, and if I were to Bill Zito, my, my goal would be, you can take Chris Drieger, take our first round pick, but take Strawman. That would be my, that, that would be what I would angle for. With no salary retained. Well, well hey, 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 hold up. Hold, oh, so. If you sign and if you sign Drieger, so you're basically saying you got to take Drieger, but you got to and take Strowman as the pick. I don't understand how that would work. No, no, it's basically how we did with Vegas. Marchessault um, was the pick, but we right. sent Riley Smith there in a trade uh, to take his salary. So basically, we agreed. You know, we'll leave Marchessault unprotected. You take him, but we're also going to give you Riley Smith. Um, because we need his salary off the books. It's kind of a, a backdoor deal. You could consider it a separate deal, but it's really all one big package. So who would be the pick? The pick would technically be Chris Drieger. Drieger. Um, yeah, on a, 
on the sign and trade. And then uh, Anton Strawman would be just a trade as if it's a regular trade. He'd be a traded asset. The thing is, is that there's no way that you could ever protect him. So we have zero leverage for that trade. They could just take him. There is that window. So there is, there yeah, is, I mean, there's a window where they can, yeah, they can take him. I mean, they can sign him and he's our pick, but I mean, you, we technically can't, um, can't, what he called uh protect because we have to protect Bob. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is with Drieger, he's a UFA. So that window right. where they can negotiate with him doesn't guarantee that he signs with them. He's free to sign with any team he'd like. So if they right. want to secure but, Chris Drieger, we could uh, sign that contract for them, trade him there. Now he's yours and he's locked in on a new deal. He, he doesn't even okay, hit free agency. Then it would be Strawman would be the pick. Like we'll, we'll trade him, but you got to take Strawman maybe. Well, then, I don't yes, think... yes, yes, yes. If you, if okay. you do it, yes, if you do it that way, then the traded asset would be okay. Drieger and then Strawman would technically be the pick, yes. Okay, and, that was, I was getting confused, sorry. And we're going to get into the list in a bit, and I don't, I'm just going to say it here and there, I don't see a scenario where anybody would think that Strawman would be on the protected list for, for the Correct. Track. So, nope. I, don't, I don't see, I don't see any, but hey, he did have a, he did have a, a decent playoff series against the Lightning after mostly being scratched a lot of the part of the season being on the taxi squad in the middle of the season. So I, I really thank Anton Strauman for stepping up uh, in parts of the playoffs when he was asked to, to, to be inserted into the lineup, especially when the one game where Sam Bennett was suspended and they had to go 11 F seven D in game two, which was the only game that they had to do that in. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? Choosing only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest price possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control models and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are, are reliably low and are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com But with Vegas, the last go-around, they also, they they were able also to get three first round picks last go around because of trades via the expansion draft. And there was one big pick 
that they made at number 13 overall with their with their trade with the Winnipeg Jets. They, and that player isn't even on their roster right now. Do you, do you guys know who that player is? Suzuki! Yes, sir. Nick Suzuki. And that was a trade for Max Pacioretty for the Montreal Canadiens. So yep. just... just <laughs> Vegas is already unfair as it is. Imagine Nick Suzuki on the Vegas Golden Knights. I can't even, I can't even imagine that. So in, in their expansion year, they fleeced people. I mean, that Alex Tuck guy was a, I think was a pretty good pick. And then yeah, obviously the Mark and Smith deal was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Minnesota basically, I think it was Minnesota basically just gifted them Alex Tuck, and I I couldn't right. believe it. Like he, where had he been hiding? <laughs> well, he didn't have a very good regular season. He's one of those guys that pops up in the uh, in the playoffs. So that's probably why they didn't, you know, didn't yeah, see too and, much. And of I want to say Wild Bill, William Carlson in Columbus had just come oh, off yeah. like a single digit point season and then just explodes in, in Vegas. You know, they I don't know. That that was something else. Hopefully, hopefully this doesn't that doesn't happen again. I think it had a lot to do with the with the Turk being behind the bench, man. I think yeah. he's a lot better coach than we gave him credit for. Yep, hundred percent. All right, guys. Um, I, I I do I do want to ask this, Armando. Sorry before we move on. So of course. the fact is, is if if we do do the sign and trade for Drigger, I mean, are we getting anything back from the Kraken then for them to pick? Um, you know, Strawman, kind of like how what we did for Riley Smith because we only got a fourth round pick after that. Well, the Panthers don't have a third because they traded that away in the Montour trade. Their second round pick that they gave up in the Bennett trade was is you mean two seconds. Two seconds. The the one's okay. already a prospect, <laughs> and the second. Oh, that's right. Away <laughs> is twenty twenty two. So they have a one, a two, a four, a five, six, and a seven. And their seven is Winnipeg's. Uh, so that's what they have this year. So if I'm Florida, maybe I'm trying to regain a third based on what you already traded away for for Brandon Montour in this season. So I'm if I'm Florida, I'm trying to retrieve that third round pick back that I already traded away. So so you could still have a little bit of flexibility in the upcoming entry draft. So that's the route where I would go. I, 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 still I agree with that. I, I still don't understand how, how, how that trade with Drieger would work, though. Because there, there, there's no leverage. They could just take him anyway. Mm-hmm. I just maybe you the, guys can make me understand. The the leverage the leverage is that them taking him doesn't guarantee that he signs with them. The leverage is the fact that he oh. is yeah he's an unrestricted free agent. So they could take him and he could choose not to sign and and go gotcha. sign with any team he he would like. He'd get the biggest offer possible. So their leverage is the fact that he would sign a contract and come to them with a contract instead of being a UFA. It's, All right, it's, now I get so. And so yeah, you which sign would make him. sense. Which and would make sense him. that they put out that he right. wants three point five million. That makes him attractive to a ton of teams. Exactly. So it's basically yeah, telling exactly. Seattle, hey, you better come get me right now. Right. And, and everyone yeah, now so knows the base price. And and anyone who's willing to offer it will be knocking at the door the second free agency opens. So if Seattle wants to get that locked in before everyone else gets a chance, now we have leverage. All right, now I get it. So let me let me say it. Say I just want to make sure I get it. So we sign him and we trade him for some kind of return. Like, I don't know, what would yeah, you say a second uh, or a third? I'd say a conditional pick anywhere. And, and, yeah. and, and the condition is you got to pick Strawman. <laughs> <laughs> huh. 
and then yeah, that way you can lower your uh, your return. But the, the 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 beauty of it is you're getting rid of Stroman. Yeah, that's basically what would happen. And if it cost a sweetener like a draft pick, I could absolutely see Bill Zito throwing in that draft pick, and we just get a mid round pick back in return. Because the biggest asset for us is just clearing that cap space. We don't need that draft pick. It, we just need that cap space off of our books. So, right. um, and Armando, you said our seventh this year is from Winnipeg. Correct. Is that from Kisilevich? Yes. It's from the- oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That poor man. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Florida Panthers traded away their seventh round pick this year in the Brett Connolly trade. So right. Oh, yeah. Had- oh. Yep. So they originally had two seventh round picks before the trade deadline. Now they have one, but they have a pick in every round except the third, this upcoming draft. So, gotcha. okay, boys, I think it's time. I think it's time for the moment everyone has been waiting for. It's time for everyone to reveal their list on what and who you would protect. And some names are going to be automatic because of no movement clauses. Some of, some of them will automatically be there. So a lot of them will be similar. So, and a lot of them, there might be one player difference. There might be a second player difference. And we have an opportunity to explain why we would protect this player over another. So let's see who should go first. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Tom. All right. What is your so, protection uh... list? For the Florida Panthers. I started off with uh, Alexander Barkov, Huberdo, Verhage, Bennett, Marchment, Achari, and Duclair as my uh, forwards. Ekblad, Weger, Yandel, because you gotta, you have to, and then Bob because you have to. All right, Nick. So. Um... I'm going to start off with the Selkie winner and much deserved. So, uh, Mr. Barkov, uh, Huberto, uh, Mr. Sam Bennett, stay out of the penalty box. Uh, the Hague, Mr. Verhage, uh, Frank Vetrano, uh, Marchment. And I'm going with uh, Goose uh, or Hornquist here on this one. Um, and as far as defense goes, um, the way that I thought about this was that Keith Yandel's not going to be here by this weekend. <laughs> so, if he does. So if he does have to stay, um, obviously I'm going to protect him with Ekblad and Weger and obviously Bob, but let's say he's not here, um, then uh, I am protecting Forsling. And Jacob. Yeah, so um, my list is different from both of theirs as well. Uh, I'm going to start uh, I'm going to start with goalie first. Obviously, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky will be here. Um, yeah. He'll be here. Uh, and defense, I got Aaron Ekblad. He's got a no-movement clause that kicks in anyway, so I'll go with Aaron Ekblad, Mackenzie Weger. Um, Weger should have been top five in Norris voting. Um, mm-hmm. Defense, I'm going to assume Keith Yandel is not on the roster by this weekend. I don't see any way we don't buy him out. If he's here, obviously he gets this spot, but if not, I'm giving it to Gustav Forsling um, and hoping that Gudis doesn't get taken. Um, my forwards, I've got Jonathan Huberdo. I've got uh, Alexander Barkov, uh, who's kind of good at hockey. Um, silent death. Uh, I've also got <laughs> Sam. I've got I've got Sam Bennett. Um, I was really impressed with him the second he got traded here, and I also like his mustache. He kind of looks like the Lorax. 
I've got Two seconds Frank for Vitrano. all that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I've got I've got Frank Vitrano, Patrick Hornquist, uh, Carter Verhage, and Anthony Duclair. Those are that's my list. I believe my list right, is different than all of yours. I'm, I'm I'm trying to do this in my head as well. Like it's like how many? Okay, how how many are similar? How many are different? But here's my list. I'm gonna start with goalie. Good, great idea to start with the goalie. Sergey Bobrovsky, no movement clause. Ekblad, Uyghur, and I'm gonna assume that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that yes, the endo will be bought out and it'll be Forsling. And if if it's Yandel that's not bought out, uh, Forsling is gonna be the pick in my opinion. And if Forsling, if he is bought out and Forsling's there, I think Gudis is gonna be the pick. But with the forwards, Barkoff, Huberdeau, Bennett, Verhage, Vetrano, Marchmit, and Nolachari. I'd like to protect Nolachari. I want to protect Cookie because I think his ability to shot block, especially on the penalty kill, is is very valuable to this team. And I think that's that's why I want to protect Nolachari in this situation. So we had a we, a lot of us had a lot of different lists. Some of us had Patrick Hornquist in it. I didn't have Patrick Hornquist. Some of us had Anthony Duclair in it. I didn't have Anthony Duclair in it. So. Uh, I think it was Jacob who had Duclair. Um, Me. You Tom had did. You, Tom, uh, I think Tom did as well. So, okay. So, Duclair had a streak, but of course, we something we've talked about on the show, something we've talked on the on the chat, is what it is, is that he is very streaky. And personally, for me, I won't lose sleep if he is lost. But hey, if he's back, I I I I would love to see him back, and I but I'm afraid that those streaks for Anthony Duclair are going to be what they are, like they were this season. He, he he, I'll be honest with you. If you play defense, and I've played defense against some beer league pluggers, but you can tell the guys that are good, and they're the ones that put fear in you, and they may not actually do the scoring, but they can create havoc. And he's a he's the type of player that really can create havoc. And I think he's going to start getting into his stride. He's only got like, what five, six years in the league. I think, I, I, I think that he's going to do pretty, uh, do pretty well over the next couple of years. So that that's where I was going with it. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree with you on that, Tom. Um, Anthony Duclair, he, uh, I've heard a lot, um, a lot of comparisons to someone like David Booth, uh, a guy who's got crazy oh. good wheels, but his his hands aren't aren't quite at the level that his that his feet are at, and. Uh, he, he's he's skating a little too fast for for the playmaking he's trying to do. I, I hear those concerns, but at the same time, uh, you cannot teach the the speed, uh, the, right. the skating, the the edge work that he has. He's got great vision. Uh, he's a extremely underrated passer, and we also didn't really see him get a whole lot of power play or, or penalty kill time. But when he did get those opportunities, he was very good with them. Uh, I think he he assisted and scored shorthanded goals this year. Um, on the on the power play, he has a good shot. Uh, if we if we adjust the power play and let someone with speed bring it into the zone, you could really see him break out. Uh, I think a lot of the, the not necessarily hate, but a lot of the uh, apathy towards Duclair staying or going is due to his uh, scoreless playoffs. 
But we also have to remember he got he took a nasty hit and was boarded by Ryan McDonough in game one and did oh, not yeah. really seem right after that. Um, you and I reacted bad. really. Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah, we were next to each other when we when we yep. saw that play. Yeah, that, that was ugly. It was clearly a back injury. And it, it's hard to it's hard to produce in hockey if you got a back injury. If you if your back and your yeah. shoulders aren't right. Uh, your game is not right. So I think Duclair with a full another full season with the Panthers, uh, I think he'll really break out because all the natural gifts, all the tools are there. He just needs to put it together. And he's still young enough where he can. And if you put him with a guy like Barkov or a guy like Huberdeau, it's hard not to produce. So uh, I, I don't think you can let someone with his raw talent go. I think he's I think he's a guy right. who has to stay. Uh, another thing with him, though, guys, is how how many times has he gotten a chance to play two consecutive seasons with the same team? Oh, right. Great he, he has almost never been with the same team two years in a row. He's always on the move. So we don't know what he's capable of staying in the same system and growing with the same teammates. Who is his, it was original draft team. Was it Ottawa? Uh, I want to say, no, he no. was New York. Arizona uh, Rangers. Oh, I think, oh yeah. I'm pretty sure he got drafted the by the Rangers and traded to Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And bounced around to Chicago and Ottawa and uh, Columbus. Know Columbus was in there and Tortorella said he couldn't play hockey. Uh, so it was, he's, he's <laughs> been around. <laughs> well, he, I mean, you can tell that I think he finally figured out that he needed to do a little bit better on defense, but you can tell he, he puts a lot of effort into gaining the offensive zone, but there's always a, uh, a second guess, if you will, for him to come back. So if he can, if he can fix that little part of his game, I think the sky's the limit. So I'm just, that's that's my uh, that's my story. And Q is a guy with a track record of fixing that problem in players. So right. that specific problem is a is a thing that Q is very good at at addressing. Right. All right. And Nick, your 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 take on Duclair. Unless the guy stole your uh, your thunder. <laughs> stole your thunder, baby. Well, the well, I don't have any thunder for Mr. Duclair, unfortunately. No I, I think I'm the one. Uh, I, yeah, I'm always the one that's kind of like, eh, he, he can go on to his uh, sixth or seventh team. Um, it, I, I understand that he's got wheels and that he can definitely push the play and everything like that. And he looked great at the beginning of the season. He just he didn't put any any pucks in the uh, in the net. But you know, the one play that I still remember him making was uh, the pass to Hepo Niemi uh, against Detroit. Um, you know, Hepo knocked it out of midair the game winner. And, you know, that, that does show me something. Um, but the thing is, is I it just, I needed to see more in my opinion. And if you're going to be on the top line, uh, especially with uh, Barkoff and I think it was Verhage to start off the season, yes. um, you know, to me, I think he needs to contribute on the, on the goal score sheet, not the assist sheet and everything. So, um, you know, if he comes back, I do think that there will be uh, a definite modification to his uh, game and we'll see if it helps. But it's just it's just something that, you know, I think that we can possibly, you know, find with somebody younger. So uh, that's just my uh, my two cents. All right. Another player that we had a few differences on is Patrick Hornquist. Towards the end of the season, Patrick Hornquist just didn't look right. Um, he was placed on IR earlier in the in the year, but towards the end of the year, there is some maintenance days, not playing back to back. And then he didn't play a full week and a half before the playoff season started. And then Patrick Hornquist didn't even look right when, when, when the playoffs started. So who, who, who had Patrick Hornquist on their list? Uh, you, I did I have did. him on my list. Did you have him on your list, Tom? 
I did not. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be able to make an 82 game season, to be honest with you. I think it worked out great for this, you know, the 56 game season. And I don't think that he made all the all 56 games. So uh, I think he's, you know, he's an, he's one cross check away from never playing again, to be honest with you. And it, it, he's a step slow. I mean, he's great on the on the power play. I'll give you that for that that type of setup where he's going to tip, you know, tip shots in. But he can't. He doesn't have any the foot speed to uh, to compete on that second line where he's being or he's being, uh, you know, wheeled out to. So uh, I don't know, maybe third fourth line. But I don't I don't see him wanting to be a grinder on the fourth line. So I don't think he has a spot. But mm-hmm. I think I don't think that the Kraken are going to pick him. So I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think so neither. That's. That's why I'm willing to uh, not protect uh, Patrick right. Hornquist. And Jacob and Nick, would one of you guys like to make a case for Patrick Hornquist being? Yeah, I'll, 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 make, a, I'll make a case for Hornquist being protected. Um, I was pretty torn on it. Um, I, I, my last spot was between Hornquist and Marchment. Um, I love Mason Marchment's game in the playoffs. Um, me and Tom talked about Marchment all season at length about where he should be playing um, in the lineup. He, we all agree he should be in the lineup, but not necessarily first line all the time. But what I love about his game is he can slide up and down and do his job. So I, it was hard for me to leave Marchment off the protected list. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere anyway. But with Hornquist, the points Tom made are, are absolutely right. Uh, he's injury prone. He was injury prone before he got here. He's still injury prone, and that doesn't get better as you get older. Um, if this was the last year of his contract, I'd feel better about it. But we have another year after this of an AAV over $5 million, which is – that's tough for a guy whose real – only real skill is is pucks bounce in off of him. He, he stands in front of the net and, <laughs> and gets to the dirty areas, which is a great thing to have. But that's his entire value on the ice. Um the reason I the reason I have him protected is one uh, I don't think it would go over well with the team to leave him unprotected. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he was a huge huge part of the culture change we saw this season. A uh, huge part of the leadership. I think he's I think he's too valuable to the locker room and to the growth of our of our team to leave him unprotected and let him go. Um, but but they're right. There there are major concerns with with Hornquist as far as his uh, availability. Uh, his injury history, he's a guy who's had six concussions. Um, that's already an absurdly high number, asking him to go 80. And I've had one. It's not fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently recovering from number three myself. So it, mm. six seems outrageous to me. Uh, and Tom's right. One, asking him to play a full 82 games or anywhere close to it, the, way, the style that he plays, asking him to stay healthy, playing that style is very – it's a very tough ask. And he doesn't have the foot speed. So it's tough to leave him protected, but – most of my reasons are one, he mans that power play spot in front of the net. Uh, two, he's too valuable as a leader and as a culture setter to leave him unprotected or let anyone take him. I think, I think Seattle might actually like the idea of having him on the team uh, to establish their identity if if he was left unprotected. Hey, hey guys, I, I was just thinking about this. I'm thinking out loud. This is what happens when you get old. So you just start to blur things out. But speaking to the power play and the reason, one of the other reasons why uh, I decided to not protect him, if you watched, you know, in the playoffs, the the uh, the Lightning's power play, if you saw where Point was positioned, yeah. Point was basically playing that Hornquist role, but he played it out in the, you know, out in the slot. And dude, yeah, that that slot. stupid pass from Kucherov to him was lethal, and 
like I said, I don't know that that Hornkis can, can play that way. He's, he's going to play with his back to the goalie and, uh, you know, right in front of him. That That's his spot. And like you said, the, the puck's going to go in off a pad or off a, off a pant or something like that. He's not going to be the type that's going to, you know, pick it up and, and put it in or maybe through a tip. So I think the the power play game is is gone away from that style. And I don't I just don't I just don't see it. It was great at the beginning, but it, it died off as the yeah. season went on. It, the the power play really disappeared when Ekblad went down because we no longer had anyone getting those pucks to the net. And Hornquist's right. production, um, if you look at it before and after Ekblad's injury, it, it's night yep. and day. Um, the, the pucks weren't getting to the net, and if the pucks aren't at the net there for Hornquist to clean up, uh, he's, his, right. his value is not really there at all. He's just kind of a body out there. That Columbus right. game, that Columbus game that Ekblad shot and went right off, I think it went off his jersey to tie the game with like yep. a second or less than a second left. I mean, that's just, that's it right there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and Hornquist had one that's of those. Get, yeah. Hornquist had one of those in the playoffs too. Uh, game five at home, Barkov uh, had a, a nice one-timer on yep. the power play. Hornquist mm. was on all fours in front of the net and it bounces in off the top of his head. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how he makes his money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's um, a hard way to make your money guys. I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's brutal on the body. Yeah. So. But um, yeah, the I mean, Jake basically took all of the uh, points of that. Um, uh, the reason why I wanted to keep him just because he is part of that culture change that was brought in, and I think you know with him coming in, he was really mad about Pittsburgh basically asking him to waive his you know no trade clause or no move clause that he had, and you know to the fact where you know we saw photo footage or I think video footage of all of his pads out on the driveway. Um, mad is you know, whether he was he was pissed airing him out. Um, you know, I don't think he was airing him out. Um, but anyways, you know, he made a statement, you know, he came in, he came in ready and I think he, he set the tone. He, he's a verbal leader. Uh, he definitely, uh, talks a lot on the ice and especially on the bench. So, um, I don't know if you guys knew this about the team for the last few, few seasons, but they didn't really talk on the bench. There was not a lot of communication. So, um, the fact is that he's a vocal leader and that he brings that, um, I think it helps the team a lot. Um, and I think he's the right type of leader that the team needs. Um, I know Keith Gandel, again, we're going to bring him up. Great locker room guy, the glue, as Tom says, $6 million worth of glue. Um, He's good for a Friday night if you want to go see Fort Lauderdale or Miami or something like that, um, or have a tour guide like that. But dude, I would Hornquist, hang out. I would hang out with him in a second. I think it would be hysterical. So yeah, yeah, just he, not he, on he'd the prank, <laughs> Please, he'd, he'd probably prank you too, Tom. So <laughs> um, yeah, that's it's it's not too hard to prank me. So <laughs> it is so what it is. I, I just think that Hornquist brings the right mentality and the right type of workmanship that the team has needed and not what it had before. So I think that is worth uh, keeping a spot for. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree on that. And I think that, and I, I could, I was torn on, I was torn on Hornquist or March met with, with, with this one. And I, he, you made a great point, Nick. He, he took it personally when, um Pittsburgh asked him to waive to waive his his no no his modified no trade clause for the Florida Panthers and maybe this could be a, another situation again and even if it, his production really isn't there what Hornquist brings to the table as you said is someone who just isn't afraid to keep other people accountable and that's honestly what the Florida Panthers have been missing even if Hornquist starts off next season on the third or even fourth line. 
for for mm-hmm. the cats. I think there could be so much value that he could bring that Keith Yandel just can't because I I think when you have a guy who's won multiple Stanley Cups that it speaks really for itself. And mm-hmm. we we all had Frank Petrano on our list, right? I had Petrano in mind, right? Yeah. I didn't I did not have Frank Petrano. Okay. Make- I chose Marchman instead because I think Marchman's a better uh He's like the he's like that pocket knife that has all the different like the fork and the spoon. What do you call that? The the Boy Scout knife, Swiss or the, Army the knife, Swiss Army, Swiss Army knife. knife. He's a utility him, guy. He's a utility. I mean, I I I love him, and he he'll, he'll hit, he'll score, he'll he'll make passes. You know, that's that's my kind of guy, and and I think Frank Frank Bertrand has one speed and no steering, <laughs> as fast as he can go in a straight line. But I love him. Don't get me wrong, I was torn, but I think I think uh, Marchman has a little bit more. You know, a little bit more time in the league to go, and, and I think he can just do more things. Plus, he's big. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't you can't teach big. You can't. There's not something you can learn. <laughs> Sorry. I just think with uh, I just think with uh, Frank Petrano's clutch gene on what he's been able yes. to bring to the table. Yeah. I think it's really hard to leave him off the list. And let's let seven game winning goals this year. Seven. Yeah. It that's really hard for me to leave him off. Yeah, Vetrano is a sniper. Mm-hmm. If he if he if he gets unprotected, I, I seriously think it's it's a it's between him and Radko Gudis that are going to get picked from our, our our group. If obviously if Trigger doesn't get picked, or if uh or if Yandel's not bought out and Forsling's protected, there's so many right. different different scenarios in right. in this in this case. Uh, hey, did Tom, Vitr- Tom, you made it. You made a good point about Frank Vetrano. I'm going to ask you guys something. Um, you guys ever see Mighty Ducks two, D two? Any of you guys yes. ever watch that? You I think the, I've seen it. Yeah, you know the 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 one kid uh, who joins the team and he's a really fast skater, but they're trying to teach him how to stop. So they yeah. they have him trying to jump over or stop in front of a stack of soda cans and stuff. Frank Vitrano reminds yes. me of him so much. It, it, just full speed, no brakes, and and he's gonna crash into the wall. <laughs> he, he's, he's he's a clutch version of of that guy from Mighty Ducks too. Just can't stop. Luis Espinosa, if I have yes. that right, he's from Miami, yes. Florida. Yep. Uh, yeah. Also played Benny the Jet in uh in um uh, Sandlot. Sandlot. Same guy. Yes, right. sir. So no, I agree with you on that. I mean, he definitely has one speed and it's go. Um, which is fantastic. Um, but he's also an agitator. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he takes yeah. a lot of little, uh, little wax at guys, um, you know, for no apparent reason. Well, he does it on purpose, but um, he's like right. a min, he's like a mini Brad Marchand. If we had a Brad Marchand. Yeah. He, he's he, right. he started a, started a pretty big brawl in the a game against the lightning just because uh, at the bench, I don't know if you guys caught it. I was at the game, but uh he got into a little a little post whistle scrum with Jan Ruda, and then just uh, snatches his stick out of his hands and skates away with it, and started a whole <laughs> started a whole scrum just for no reason. I do remember takes, that. Takes Jan that Ruda's was awesome. Stick and, and runs away with it. I thought that was great. He can't he can't be as bad as Corey Perry. He can't no. he, he can't be as bad as that. So if 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 you could find someone that's near the level of Corey Perry in that, then then yeah. I'm I'm okay with Frank Vitrano doing that and getting in in people's faces, but anyways, guys, I want to thank you guys so much for joining me on this roundtable discussion of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And I'm not sure when we will have a roundtable discussion again. Maybe it's free agency, maybe it's the start of the season or training camp. But 
very excited to get you guys back again and can't it we we got we definitely got a link up definitely in the summer don't know if i'm gonna make a trip down but i i want to thank i want to thank you guys once again for doing this with me i'm trying to get the two boys here to uh do some dropping i know say they were very uh ghost-like in their responses on on the text line but Maybe we can uh, meet up down there on a, you got to find out what day and time it is, uh, Jake, at one of those rinks and we could do a drop and maybe we can get Armando to come on down and we can uh, hang out for a, an hour or so, grab a beer. Yeah, are we thinking about fun. Pines? Are we thinking about uh, uh, the Ice Den or? Uh, Pines Ice up north. Pines Ice is uh, much more accessible. The Ice Den is a little bit more strict, but Pines Ice, um, yeah, drop in at Pines Ice is pretty good. And a lot of times in the summer you run into, uh, the big, the big group of Russians, Ovi and Dadnov mm. and Kulikov and all them, they all work out there. Last That's summer, and, and maybe Tarasenko. Yeah, maybe, maybe mm. Tarasenko. If his shoulder is, is the... still attached to his body, trade block too. <laughs> so yeah, so so see if you can find some time and let me know, and I'll take a day and uh, I'll come over and we'll hang out. Yeah, absolutely. You got it, Tom. Can't 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 wait to link up with you guys again. Have, have you got you you guys have a great night. All right. You All too, right. man. Thank you, you. And thank you once again to the guys from pantherparkway.com for joining me once again on this episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Originally, this episode was supposed to be scheduled as the Friday show, but this is actually going to be the Thursday bonus episode edition as we have so many moves and so many news related to the Florida Panthers that I have to not have to, but want to dedicate a whole podcast to because I think it will be an injustice to put this episode out there and then wait all the way until Monday when the protection lists are out and the lists are submitted. And there's so much time in between that. And I think that you guys, the fans, listeners deserve something somewhat fresh as far as the news for the Florida Panthers. So... Make sure to subscribe and to keep it right here on Locked On Panthers to hear more of my take on the whole Keith Yandel situation and the extensions of Anthony Duclair and Gus Forsling. So we will be discussing that on tomorrow's show. It's going to be an exciting episode. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you listen to Locked On NHL. Make sure you listen to Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And make sure that when you're done listening to this episode, make sure you tell your smart device to play today's episode of Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in another 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.